Welcome to Oh Brother, a podcast of three brothers trying to figure it all out with your hosts, Brandon, Colin, and Aaron. On this week's show, Pogachar is amazing. Ahoy. Hello. What are, we, what are we doing? Hey, are we you still have that mic? Um, it's somewhere. <laughs> has my has my sound quality not been very bueno? I'm just curious because I know you were were using it for a little while. Well, whenever whenever we moved uh, here, I, I hadn't been because I used it in when we lived in Bartlesville. Yeah. Um, I just haven't didn't have like the exact setup yet, and so now that I actually have like my little desk area, like I, I could use it, but it's just easier setup wise to get like just my phone and use stuff like that instead of having to utilize my laptop every time, which which I it, I still could use, but um, just for simplicity's sakes and not much of a headache, um, I just plug my phone in. Is it, do I sound? bad or is it no you sound fine i think what it comes in is whenever you start like doing other things while recording and then it's we can hear all of that what are you what are you picking up oh it tends to be like clicks and stuff i don't know it, i think it just depends ah. on where you where you place your phone too. oh how about no i can hear you're fine right now just like what about this can you hear don't this don't. stop moving Anyway, hello. How is all? Okay. Hello. Brandon, welcome. Sorry, Thank I was a little too close to the mic there. Mm-hmm. I, <laughs> it's all right. Sorry for that. Too close to the microphone introduction. I apologize. <laughs> I was like pulling it towards me and speaking and it like hit me <laughs> in the face. Ah. So like, <laughs> sorry about bad, that. Man, bad mic technique. Jeez. I know, sorry. I was, I was pulling it closer to me and he went too far. <laughs> Man, this has been a weird summer. Uh, been like cold and rainy. We didn't even hit, what I think we hit 70, like, I think we hit 80 today. And now it's raining again. 65. Was it raining again there? Yeah. Oh. It's raining, but like torrentially, not just like oh. gobs, gobs of it. And uh, and then yeah, over the weekend it was like sixty five. It was like legitimately cold <laughs> for the summer. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's true. That's not especially for July. Mm-hmm. That's not uh, not your normal July. I don't remember what it was here today. We did it again. Shh! Don't tempt it. We don't. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not wanting it to. I'm just waiting for it to happen because I know it. Don't, don't tell it. Don't give it any ideas. Why well, not supposed to rain here later? I guess. I just looked at the radar. Like, oh, rain, rain coming your way. Apparently, Colin's going to share. How nice! Yeah, you're welcome. Oh, we have that's a lot rain. of rain. Have rain. Yeah, yeah. It's like boy, it's a, it's a huge amount of rain. It's a very large swath of rain. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
we've got rain for the next hour here. Uh, Eek. Anyway. anyway how's, well, uh, right then. how's everybody's week? Uh, pretty good, really. Yeah. We did a little day trip arena yesterday. So. Right. That was interesting. I was, went you all out go? on an adventure. Oh, we went to Kansas City. Yeah. So we went to uh we went to downtown to Union Station to the Auschwitz exhibit they got going on there. Okay. Oh yeah. Yo. Oh, it's oh man. It's so good. Not exactly so good. a happy tour, but well I'm sure yeah, but it's lots of really things. good. Yeah, yeah. It's really good. We once again managed to go through a museum and then like we were ushered out because they're like we're closing. Like, oh, we're uh, not done. We were in there for like <laughs> three and a half hours, and we went there again. But we are very slow museumers. Close so, down the museum. Other people uh, probably don't have this problem, but this is something that's happened to us before. So, like, we <laughs> this is a chronic problem uh, with Susan and I. But yeah, she wanted to go see that thing up there. It's like a traveling thing. It's apparently a, a big deal. And so it was really good. Uh, I wasn't really a fan of how they set up the exhibit, just like the space, you know, like the way they had it. But again, I can't be too grumpy because they had, they took an exhibit and they had to like stick it in an existing area, right. you know? So yeah. like, uh, you get you get some pass for there. It just was the the pacing was weird and like the way that they had to get it to fit in there. There was lots of weird like bottlenecks where like a whole bunch of people would be stuck in this one area and then like one room was like this really big wide room and they had to go through like a little door and like the all the exhibits and a lot of the walking tour started like right at the door. So like everyone was like crammed in the, so that was a little bit weird but again that is they had to use the space they had right so but it's pretty cool uh we wandered around union station a little bit i haven't been there since like i was a very small person lad we lad uh yeah because so from what i can gather the history of the building is they were going to tear it down in the early 90s mm. right um, for the listeners not familiar with Kansas City, uh, it's the the giant like old train station building. So it's like huge, like stone building. It's massive, right? Uh, and they were going to tear it down. And then I guess the city and some other people were like, "Hey, wait a minute! What if? What if? What if we just restore it mm-hmm. and do stuff with it?" So that's what they did. And I think we went there with Uncle Gary, like. Once, like after they did, after they did it, maybe yeah, we must like after they kind of like finished it, like somewhere in the mid to late nineties, mm-hmm. I was there. It's such a pretty building. Mm-hmm. It really is. I did not remember that. So we just sort of wandered around uh, that big, the old platform area. It's just like this huge empty hallway. Uh, but at the end, they do have a model train museum. If you were unaware, they have like a model train exhibit thing, which is oh, pretty yeah. rad. Um, <laughs> and they have like a train, like the Amtrak museum thing. Yeah. We didn't go to that one, yeah, because we were on 
other business. But uh, so we did that. It is a really cool building, though, and how they re- have redone it is really neat. Uh, things I did not appreciate when I was like, you know, twelve. <laughs> you know, Shocker. just architecturally, <laughs> from an architectural standpoint. Yeah, uh, I was really cool, but the exhibit itself was really awesome. We kind of had to. It was it was bad because we had to like rush through the end part, which was like the stuff from the camp, right? So we kind of had to. Oh. We had to rush through that a little bit. Yeah. So that was annoying, but uh, it was really good, and so we did this week went to the Auschwitz thing it was really cool they had like you know just stuff from the people some of their belongings and the way they have it set up is just really like wow oh man and it kind of starts out with like some of the history and like Germany at that time you know the rise of the Nazi party and then kind of just goes chronologically through through that through the liberation of Auschwitz so, but they have some stuff in there that are like, they have like some of the fences and you're sort of standing in this dark room next to this giant fence. You're like, oh God. whoa. Yeah. Heavy. Yeah. It's really like, <laughs> wow. Whoa. <laughs> and like the first, the very first thing in there is like a shoe. And you know, famously that was all that was left of a lot of people was just like they they found those like piles of shoes. And so like, there's just one, they had it on a little pedestal thing in like this dark room, this illuminated red women's shoe on a pedestal. It was like, dang, (laughs) that's ouch. (laughs) Oh, yeah, gets you right there, yeah. <clears throat> and outside, and they had brought in a one of the train cars. Mm. Yeah, so it was really cool. We really, uh, like this is a weird sentence, but we enjoyed the exhibit. Right? Does that make sense? Like, <laughs> we weren't like, oh man, this is great. Like, yeah, it was really good. Just that we really, it's weird to say that, like, that's a sentence that doesn't exactly make sense, but, like, we, we enjoyed it. It was really good. So, so, yeah, that's basically what I've been doing. And other than that, on a lighter note, yeah, to get away from some of the heavy topics here, uh, <clears throat> I've been watching the world's most disappointing shark week. <laughs> I discovered <laughs> Why? Why? What have you done? <laughs> so it's, it's really gone downhill over the years, hasn't it? <laughs> well, you know, like a lot of times it's like, okay, this one was good. This one's not so good. This one's like, okay. Last year, a bunch of them were like really good. Mm-hmm. Weirdly. And so like this year, it's it's swung in the opposite direction. They have like tons of guest people, but they're like guest people I don't care about. Like Brad Paisley and what? yeah, Tiffany Haddish. I'd look up who that even was. I don't know. Who uh, that is. The Johnny Knoxville and the crew were on there. 
uh, doing what? Yeah. Uh, Johnny Knoxville and the crew things. Um, <laughs> all, all the things that you should not be doing with sharks. They were doing <laughs> clearly surprise. One of them got bit because they tried to jump a wakeboard over a bunch of sharks mm. and they crashed and they landed in a big pile of like bull sharks and, or like reef sharks or something and blam got bit right on the hand. Who would have saw that coming? <clears throat> but it's just like, it's really terrible. It's really not interesting. And I think one thing that stands out because they don't have like the normal, maybe they're trying to get away from like, Oh, here's all the normal shark people that we have on the show. <clears throat> every single show. Uh, not every single show, but like the majority of them, they feel so heavily scripted. Oh, it's like painful. Yeah. Right. Like it's a whole bunch of people that know anything about sharks. They're just sort of there for some exposure crossover event. They're just kind of like doing stuff. And so it just feels so scripted and it's really painful because it's just so like, you can tell some of it's like really scripted or like Dover almost. You're like, wow, this is not, (laughs) this is not good. Uh, So just go with Here's my official plea. If you need some hosts who are comfortable with improvisation <laughs> and love wild animals, I am going to go ahead and formally volunteer and request the Oh Brother Shark Week. That's what Discovery Channel, I know you're listening. That's what we need. <laughs> We're your guys, right? We're ready. <laughs> Pretty much born ready for this. Uh, I know. Right, happy to, happy to be this. We're happy to help you out. Just we just the only thing we really need is like really high SPF sunscreen. Okay, uh, other than that, <laughs> other than that, we're ready. We're ready. <laughs> so I think, yeah, I think. Uh, well, you know, my yeah, I, I am one hundred percent on board with this, and welcome. Uh, the offer uh, that we can review uh, at any time. Uh, but uh, my favorite thing to do during Shark Week is to get onto uh, Shark Biologist Twitter uh, <laughs> and read what they're talking about oh, during this time. I bet it's bad. And it is it is so much more amazing uh, for what they're sharing and the research that they're doing <laughs> and the photos. And oh, it's uh, good. The, uh, as long as they're... Yeah, no. I bet their comments on some of the shows are great. Oh, they're pretty, yeah, they're pretty brutal. On that, that's for sure about things. Um, but, you know, because a lot of them, a lot of them just for as part of their research now, they're just having fun, you know, doing diving and they'll take GoPros with them. And so you get this footage from all across the globe from people who, you know, are out there doing actual research. This is just kind of for fun that they're videoing it. One of these uh, shark researchers, they were down at this reef and they're actually kind of distracted by this other little fish that they were going and swimming after and he just pa- casually pans up and going right above them is this massive like huge six gill shark that's going right and you can kind of see the feel you can see the camera kind of like jerk a little bit as the guy's like holy crap <laughs> look discovery channel i want on our resume we already know what six gill sharks are so boom see? there we go boom <laughs> 
you we'll be on that like show. We want to be on that one that's like, you know, every once in a while they have the show that's like not great white hammerhead or like great white tiger shark or bull shark. They have like the other shark. We'll do that one. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that's I love I love random sharks. Okay, there's like 500 species think, of shark. We we got to get some I, more of them on I, the show, right? I think what you may get is the um is the patented O brother top five. Uh, list oh of- <laughs> oh oh you would you would get the top five oh brother favorite sharks that's what like, oh oh man no doubt. see Boom. Like, i think i propose next year we do some planning and do our own shark week episode uh and, okay and, um, all right we'll put that in the topic list <laughs> the oh brother oh. shark week episode for next year all right aaron you down for the oh brother shark week special next year yeah, that's perfect. All right. Perfect. I like it. Done. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> here we go. Other than that, lastly, uh, Tour de France update. Tade Pogacar is a monster. And uh, anybody who thinks they're going to outclimb him on a mountain is j- woefully mistaken. Right. Oh Holy cow. <laughs> yeah. The... The move that he made today, where he like that was so disgusting. He didn't need to. <laughs> no, no, he but, did not. He's ahead by five minutes from all those dudes, and he was just like, "No, I'm winning. Get out of here." Yeah. <laughs> and I think, I think, like just kind of thinking back, I was thinking about this. Uh, the past, like this is this year has been so much more fun to watch yeah. because it is not like team sky on the front with eight riders just all the time. Like never, even when they had the yellow Jersey, they would like never attack anybody. They never really went for stage wins. No. Cause they were all about like time. Chris Froom did like once and like, they were just like, we're just going. We're just going to stare at our power meter and I know that I need to put out this many watts for this many kilometers and take this much time. Blah, 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 blah. No, you're boring. Right. I, uh, (laughs) I think, I think it was today's stage. There was like a sprint for 13th. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) They were like, like, what what if you like literally everybody is racing for everything. Uh, Yeah. It's a lot more fun and it's more exciting and like the end like the last two stages like at the end of the very end of the stage like every mountain stage basically has been the top the guys that are in the top like four places mm-hmm. just like hammering each other yeah their team is gone there's not like 17 sky riders oh sorry Ineos grenadiers whatever that means exactly. um thank you just just stamping out on the pedals for hours of boredom. This is like some old school, like I, we haven't seen this. What? Well, since 2011. Yeah. Right. That was the last year, like 10 years ago. That was when Cadell Evans won every year since then. It has been somebody from team sky slash Ideals Grenadiers, except for last year. And that one year where Chris Froome crashed on the cobblestones, we learned Chris Froome can't ride cobblestones. No. 
Um, conveniently, no cobblestones in the Tour de France since then, I don't think. That's oh. weird. Huh. Those are the classics. And then Vincenzo Nibali won that year. Yeah. Because Chris Frick doesn't understand how cobblestones work. Not, they're, they're not. So, like. <clears throat> so, yeah, that's. Uh, it's just been such a breath of fresh air and excitement. And again, I didn't get to watch last year. I, 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 it was different last year, too. But it's just been so much more exciting to just see them all, like, attacking each other, like, one-on-one. Like. This is an old school, like Miguel Indurain nonsense, right? Like, <laughs> or like even like Alberto Contador, some like Contador, Contador approved just assault in the mountains, right? It's great. Yeah. Yeah. Some, some of that older writing, I mean, even into the 90s. Or like Marco Pantani, right? Yeah. Some of those attacks that he would do on those mountains. If you see those videos, those old videos from the 90s, man. I love watching him climb. That dude, just like, insane. yeah. Insane. <laughs> so it's been a lot of fun so this is last week so be good exciting see just the, nothing really exciting left we'll see Mark Cavendish get 36 wins yeah so think he's gonna get it yeah he's gonna win tomorrow and on the Champs-Élysées definitely gonna <clears throat> there's really no way there's nobody else even close as fast as him he's gonna win two more done yeah no <laughs> there you go so <laughs> <laughs> I don't like it, but it's truth. Nobody in this tour is even remotely that fast. So, but you know, and especially on the last day in Paris, there's it's going to be you're not going to be in there. That's just like a dead straight flat finish line. Yeah, right. No way. <laughs> something happens to him between now and then, but yeah, it's really yeah. Good. I mean, nobody else is there. Everybody else needs a hill, like Wild Van Art Hill. Sonny Corbelli, Hill, Caleb Ewan is dead, so like nobody's winning. <laughs> there you go. I'm trying to remember the quote that Eddie Merck said about the uh oh what he said. Because you know, he's gonna beat his oh yeah stage wins. I think he said <laughs> something like, Oh, that's fine. It's not that's those aren't really that important. I, I have I have more tour wins anyway. Or something. Yeah, he's like, I have more yellow jerseys. Yeah, and it's like how many? Yeah, he said something on Twitter like, yeah. how many times you win? Yeah. Oh, that's right, zero. Brutal, brutal <laughs> response. He's like, how do you feel now? I'm breaking your record. He's like, that's fine. I have more yellows. <laughs> like, oh, <damn."> yeah. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> yeah, that's again. That's a, and again, like. Mark Cavendish is an old school sprinter. Like they don't, they haven't had, they don't sprint like that anymore either. Cause I remember in 2011 when I was watching, when I started watching, that was when you had like full lead outs for every sprint. So oh. every team that was sprinting, there would be like four lead out trains, mm-hmm. like perfectly straight lead out train for everyone. Nowadays it's like you probably, you get one guy at the end. Maybe. You got one guy and he's your lead out. You don't have the train through the whole thing, through that whole sprint deal. You don't have that anymore. And so, like, that's the style that Mark can do because he's like track pursuit. Like, you know, I'm going to be in the back and then I'm going to fling out. That style is not around anymore. And so, like, because de Koenig can kind of do that because they have so many riders, like, nobody else is going to be able to deal with that. 
like with their like one guy that helps them get to lunch. No way. (laughs) (laughs) No way. And teams don't bring teams don't come to the tour like explicitly for sprinting anymore. Yeah. Which they used to. You know, they'd be like, oh, we're going to, we have a sprinter and our whole thing is sprinter. Mm-hmm. Now they've got, we've got this sprinter, but we also have our GC guy, you know. Well, that's what makes it, that's what makes it hard. And our breakaway guy, and our, you know. Right. Is that, is that it used to be, you know, some teams, you're right. Some teams were there for the mount. Some people, some teams were there for the sprint. Some people were there for the GC. Uh, so it really made a lot more, uh, I think, diversity in team build and style that yeah because they were specialized right yes yeah absolutely which made it um more fun to watch because you knew okay this is going to be a true sprint stage or this is going to be a true mountain stage or whatever i think the mountains are still kind of there but even then it's not quite like the team isn't built there more like yeah yeah, yeah. if you can make it (laughs) yeah so it's all right. It's interesting. It's new and exciting. Just like, like I said, this year's been exciting. I've liked it. Yeah. Todd is fun. He seems like a nice dude. So that's cool. Seems like a nice guy hanging out. He was like, oh, congratulating the, the guy that he beat today. He was like, give him pound back. All right, man. Nice job. <laughs> his mom and dad were there today. That was hilarious. Because yeah. they were like joking, like, you'll never find his parents up there. And then the guy that does the interviews is like, hey, Phil and Bob, you'll never guess who I ran into. And it was Tade's mom and dad. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's hilarious. Oh, <clears throat> you know, they're, yeah, it's like, no, they're going to find them. They are going. That was that funny. Is, yeah, that's hilarious. Yeah. Other than that, it's exciting. It'd be sad when that's over, but I have some Olympics coming up. So maybe we'll have some of those. We'll see how that goes. <clears throat> yeah, it's going to be a bit sparse. In the, uh, it's very weird. Stadium here, yeah. So, I, mean, I think that's probably for the best, really. But you know, we'll see how it goes. <sighs> what about you guys? How's your week been? Uh, mine was pretty interesting. Uh, some new, some new developments had occurred, so got some uh. Yeah, I texted I text, I text you guys yesterday, but it was, uh, you know, traditional work was a little less chaotic, and it, it kind of looked like it was like, oh, you know, my you know, school year's coming, so, you know, probably another another year of, of this, and then uh, I had a few interviews, and, like, it, it was, like, kind of like the first time I ever actually, like, sent an interview to somebody. And then they're like, hey, call us. I'm like, well, what? It's usually like, you, know, you have to wait for like a few days. And oh, then now they'll finally like get in contact with you or, or like a week. And they're like, hey, no, like, yeah, call us. They're like, you know, we'll see you down here. I'm like, oh, okay. I know where that's at. Like an hour from where I live. And so had to sprint at work down there and a little bit more chaotic than I thought. And, interviewed and then I had yesterday off and I was getting interviewed with a bunch of places and they're like hey are you have an interview and they're like JK you don't have an interview and I was like but wait that's not how interviews work um 
Yeah, that's and really then, messed up. Like that's and that's, then, that's, yeah, and then up. I had like yeah, and then I had um I had another school call me, which like throughout this whole process of of me finding a teaching job, it's either been like really small schools because that's kind of more where I I fit in, uh you know get reacclimated, you know have have like a better start. But then like a six A school called me, and really really my school, and I was like oh. And the, oh, you guys actually have like, like a practice, like an indoor practice facility, and like all this. And I was like, oh wow, this is this is crazy. But they they didn't really offer me the position that I wanted, and they didn't really like know what they're gonna have like the next few days. And I was like, ah, whatever. Um, and then like I went to lunch, and the school that I interviewed Tuesday with, um, they called me and they're like, hey, do you want to be uh, our history teacher and football and baseball coach? I was like, yes. So, um, <laughs> as of yesterday, I am the new uh, high school history with a sprinkle in of some middle school uh, for, uh, I don't know if I can save the school online. I don't think I'm going to bother That's with fine. that. You don't but, have to. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I'll be, I'll be, um, it, I wanted this process to be a lot sooner because for me, practice starts August 9th. And oh. My last day um, with the department is July 30th. Um, I went ahead and, and that, that's a process I've never like had to do before. It's actually like like type of a like legitimate re- letter re- recognize, um, resignation because like beforehand it's like all right, hey, I'm out. Or you know when I was like serving and bartending, I was like, hey, here's I'm I'm texting you my resignation. Like, all right, see ya. So like. That was like it was different, and I I was kind of worried. I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, people are gonna hate me. But like, my boss was like, dude, this is what you've been wanting to do. Um, I'm super proud of you. And I was like, thank you. This is really awesome. <laughs> um, and then like, I sent my my letter this morning. I I had to. I wanted to send it as like quickly as possible because I didn't want to be like, ah, oh, here's a you know case or something. So. Which so <laughs> my my director and our programs manager uh, emailed me back, and they're super proud of me and excited for me. And I was like, "You guys are the best!" And so uh, <laughs> they were like, "Yeah, well, um, you know, we'll get you set up and you know, on your way." So next week, I think I think they're gonna have a uh, a goodbye or farewell to arms. Um, kind of ordeal for me, so I can go and and say goodbye to everybody. But they're like, oh, "Hey, there's a training thing you have to go to." It's like, "Oh, but but like I'm not, I'm not part of it." So like, oh, you still need to go to it. And I was like, "Crap!" So uh, yeah, so I'll I'll go I'll go do that oh my, next oh my week. That's hilarious. Um, it's it's not like it, it's not like a big like training. Thing. It's yeah, not like still. a stupid defensive driving class I had to take. Um, and it's not, it's not anything like super major. It's like, oh, you know, we're going over like policy stuff. And I'm like, um, question. Yeah, but, yeah, but still, uh, <laughs> and they're like, and, and so my, my supervisor is like, well, you know, you don't have like you, but uh, you know, it'd be awesome if you still went, um, but you don't have to like, you know, participate in like the activities. I'm like, oh, good. Cause I wasn't gonna, um, oh <laughs> and so that was a little irking. I was like, 
Really? <laughs> That's so, ridiculous. So it, from from the two weeks now, because what, what happens before um, is that like people would leave, like, all right, here's my you know stuff, fix, like clean the mess, and they're like, whoa, hey, now you can't just can't just leave. Like, there's a lot of stuff that we need to do, and so I I never wanted to be like that kind of person. So um, I am. <laughs> making sure I have all of my ducks in a row and everything before I, you know, transfer oh, yeah. my entire caseload to somebody. Um, yeah. So these either things are closed or it's manageable um, because of my, or it's yeah, all laid out. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm not going to leave you guys high and dry kind of ordeal. So from, from now until uh, July 30th, I have, to, I have to close. I'm going to try to close like five cases and I have like six cases maybe. Um, but it's weird. Like, I don't have to, I don't really have to, unless it's like, you know, like a, you know, an emergency or like a family or something that well, yeah. I need to follow up with something, you know, it's just like, yep, I don't, I don't have to answer my phone. I don't have to go on call anymore. I don't have to do anything like that anymore. Oh, wow. Nice. Um, yeah, they, they take me off. They take me off of full rotation. I don't have to take any any cases any I don't new to, cases yeah any new cases yeah so i mean that makes sense that would, that would so, be weird yeah so um that's it's i i was i was all excited and then when uh when the principal called me he's like hey this is coach blah blah blah, blah. and oh we have our first meeting uh august 9th and that's when practice starts I'm like oh uh, uh okay um so intermittently working and uh you know, trying to come up with a lesson plan. And I have to like learn eight man football. Um, oh, the, the place in question is a very small school. Um, there are some famous Oklahomians that are from that area, but it's like, I was like, Oh, so I, I remember going through the little meeting thing and he's like, Oh, so like, is the middle school like in high school, like are they separate? He's like, no, like you're like, it's one hallway. That's it. Like, Oh, okay. Um, so it's, that's it's how the cool small. kids do it. It's fine. That's how. Yeah, it, it's 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 a. <laughs> yeah, but yours is like like offset things. Like ours is like legitimately like one long hallway. Oh, okay. Um, that's a- <laughs> and so, yeah. So it's 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 a wee different, but c- comparatively, um, I was oogling all uh, ogling over the. Um, the 6A school, which for those of you listening who don't know, um, here in, here in the States, uh, we have classifications for school sizes. And in Oklahoma, um, there's 6A and then there's like 6A, B or something like that. And it's like for like the big, like schools, um, Tulsa, um, like Union, Jinx, um, places like that. And so the place that I interviewed with was with 6A. It was it was nice. It was super fancy. Yeah, see and, the episode lost in Union High School, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's it, it, it's one it's one of those things. And so for for me, I was like mesmerized by how like awesome this place was. But I, I think for for me mentally and for to get reacclimated back into teaching, um, and plus you know growing up in a small town, um, not not as small as as this place but um it just felt um kind of a better fit and i i know i would be doing a lot more uh for this place so that's a 
that's where I picked. Um, and I, I'm excited to, and of course our, our father, um, was, you know, when I was on the phone with them, trying not to cry in excitement, he was like, now how, how do you get there again? Like, where, nah. where like, Oh, I see it on, you know, Google maps right here. And I was like, True. He has to have a mental image of like literally every place in the world in his head at all times. And is, and of course he's like, yeah, no, I remember going down that highway in you know the nineties. Exactly. Like, that's, that's definitely yeah, all right. Happened. Yeah, it sounds all right. So <laughs> yeah, so uh, July third, yeah, July thirtieth will be my last day um, at Department of Human Services, Child Welfare. Um, my my supervisor was super supportive. My other supervisor, who's actually been sick and who's been a real big support, he called me and there, there's kind of a lot of people leaving. And he's like, "Hey, hey, brother, I just want to you know reach out to you." And I was like, <laughs> "So, yeah, it's it's definitely it hasn't hit me yet. Give me about like another like week or two." And I'll, I might be calling Brandon like, how do I teach geography? So uh, <laughs> I got you, man. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I'm excited. Super proud of you here, man. That's really cool. Yeah. yeah it'd be cool. It, it kind of sucks after a while of like, you know, applying to these places, applying and either getting like zero response or like, Oh, Hey, come on in. Like, Oh, Hey, psych. Um, and then the the day Shelby's scheduled to come back, which she flew in like afternoon yesterday, um, everything started to work. And I'm like, oh, you're the reason because you were gone and no one wanted me now that you're back. Uh, yeah. <laughs> secret sauce. Yeah, so she's, she's a little Shelb secret sauce there. She's the lucky, lucky cham. But <laughs> so are it's, you guys... it's been a. Oh, go ahead. No, I was going to, I was going to ask, uh, are you going to, to move a little closer and split the difference halfway now, or are you going to wait? For a while? Um, maybe, maybe not the first year. Um, hop, skip it a jump down and down to Tulsa and boom, you're there. Um, my, mine's, mine's an hour. Um, but it's, it's all like decent highway oh, so um, but everyone i've talked to everyone that i've talked to is like oh you got to be careful of this small town and like everybody that that i told they're like oh yeah i got pulled over in that little town I'm like nice. oh well yeah cool. that's you know so um so yeah there's there's that um yeah i gotta learn eight man football um and yeah it's it's uh <laughs> i'm excited and we'll dig into those geography standards later. They're pretty exciting. The, the, oh, uh, man. The Oh Brother After Show. Uh, that, uh, yes, that's true. Oh Brother After Dark. So. <laughs> yeah, we'll spare, we'll spare you listeners that one. Oh, that's cool. That's cool, man. Yeah. My other follow-up question for you would be, uh, since the Shelbinator has returned, uh, was she satisfied with the state of her houseplants? Oh, this is good. Um, Did she know? A few the of them. Yeah, so like, like one or two of them might have been a little overwatered. <laughs> uh, but overall, not bad. Overall, not, we did well. Nothing, it, it's kind of one of those things that's like, I, I'm not mad, you know, just, but she wasn't disappointed. So okay, well there we go. That's good. That's it was that's just good. more of a 
Oh, well, at least some of them are still here. But no, they're, they're, <laughs> some, of, some of them, most of them are, are alive <laughs> in some shape or form. Okay, and, that's good. Yeah. Just make sure you weren't in, like, super hot water when she came home. No, like, right. what happened to my fur? No. <laughs> like, listen, these I can explain. My, these are none of my <laughs> plants. Why? She's, she's still have the I, I, don't, I don't remember having this plant before. Oh, no, it's been there the whole time. It's fine. I had to stop by and talk to a very nice neighbor lady who... Uh, Excuse me. I had to stop by Lowe's Garden Center. And- resides, <laughs> resides up by the... Um, uh, what is it called? By the gym that I go to of our apartment complex. And I'm like, hey, question. How is your, your fern so nice? And then she kind of walked me through. <laughs> and what a weird intro. Super helpful, super nice lady. Every time... Every time I go up there and uh, <laughs> and uh, go and work out or something, she always smiles and waves, and so she she's very nice. There we go. <laughs> but, That's good yeah, news. It was, All right, uh, it, was, it was a little touch and go there for a little bit, but there <laughs> Shelby might give you like another like a different statement, but oh, but <laughs> that they are still there. All right, and yeah, no one's no one's caught on fire. We're fine. We're doing fine. <laughs> All right. We're Good. I'm glad you passed the fern test. <laughs> yep. That's what we'll call it. Uh, and, and it didn't and it didn't help uh after we we kind of uh set in for the night. There's an episode of Bob Burgers where they're talking about plant sitting plant sitting. I'm like, oh come on. Can I just can you just give me a break for five yeah. seconds? <laughs> like that's all you have to do. I'm trying. We all know that. So <laughs> that's great. I like. It. I love it. Well, good. I'm glad you survived, and they survived. Thank you. Yes. They're they're still here. They're still might might have might have had to throw out a uh, a wicker basket, but it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> it's okay. Well, I, f- I think it's interesting that your last day is July 30th because my last day with the department is July 23rd. Whoa. <laughs> it's craziness around here. What the heck? <laughs> what is happening? What is this <laughs> nonsense? I, uh, uh, Listeners, I'm not going anywhere. I haven't, they're, not, they're stuck with okay. me. Ha <laughs> ha. No, yeah, exactly. Well, no. So we must give it. Yeah. Um, the, the podcast isn't going anywhere either. We're just, you know. That's true. Like yeah, that. that's right. There'll be more time for the podcast. More time now. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, yeah. So I um, am leaving the department, and Megan and I are going full time into pet sitting. Da da da. Have you told Dad yet? I have not told Dad yet. So I yeah. when this episode comes out. Not that he would still have made it forty-five minutes into the episode, but that's true. That's true. So I have not. Yeah, Aaron, I have not told Dad yet because I don't know how he's going to react. But we are very excited. Um, and yeah, so yeah, yeah, we're going to go full-time pet sitting. Uh, it's going to give us more time uh, for Megan to homeschool, uh, for me to work on the business, and then for me to do more with um, podcasting stuff too. Because I've got some things kind of waiting in the wing- wings um, that I just need need more time to do. So, uh, but yeah, my boss was very excited for us. Um, and the same thing, like you, Airman. Everyone was like, "Great, cool, go have fun." Um, 
we had an all employees WebEx meeting on Tuesday. And after that, my boss stopped in my office and was like, I bet you're really glad you're leaving now, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're implementing. <laughs> Not to rack on them too much, but um, they uh, they have a policy where you can get reimbursed for yourself portion a portion of your cell phone if you use it for for work, and most people do. Um, so the department has something like sixteen hundred employees, a little less than half. You get the stipend. I get because I check my email on my phone. That qualifies me. That's all I need to do. Yeah. Well, uh, uh, they they uh. Went what they went through what they call a lean event, where they take a process and try and make it shorter and more simple. Uh, and oh, this no. process involved the accounting necessary to keep track of who had the policy or who had the um, uh, who had the uh, stipend. And well, turns out that they were sick and tired mm-hmm. of all of the accounting, so they just give gave the stipend to everybody, which is which is oh. fine, except okay. you can't you can't opt out of it and there are like things that you now have to do as far as like accounting wise on your end for phone usage and like turning things in and record keeping and downloading certain apps for communication that they require and all this stuff and it's now going to become part of it is required every new hire will be required to show proof that they have a cell phone in order to work for the department Weird. Yeah. And I think <clears throat> that's a bit much. <laughs> that's a bit much. Uh, that's no good, man. No. Um, no. So, uh, and so, so anyway, uh, but yeah, uh, so the 23rd would be the last day. Uh, my leaving had nothing to do with any of those policies um, or anything going on with the department. And I had to stress that a lot because the department's been kind of in like really rocky roads the past well the entire time that i've been here so I really yeah, yeah I was like, <laughs> like literally everybody that i talked to was like look no i i understand like all that stuff was going on but i'm not leaving because of it i'm leaving just because yeah. of this pot of, of this opportunity that we want to try and take advantage yeah. of i gotta sit pets bro and see what so we if do. you need a pet sitter when you go out uh hog chasing hit me yeah. up we'll- <laughs> yeah you, uh, but you know it's also like you know, so in the in the, anyway, so just you have to do more stuff. Um, and I got um, so yeah, no, we're really excited about that. Um, the big changes, but big changes, but no changes. Um, I guess. So we'll. <laughs> yeah, that was my big news. That'd be interesting. Yeah. See how how it goes. I'm interested to see how. Uh, Nest it, man. He knows. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Be good, though. Be good, though. So, we should probably jump into our main topic today. We probably should. Which was, uh, we're 15 minutes into this. <laughs> we started at 8, 8 15. It's fine. <clears throat> Everything's oh, fine. Because okay. yeah. so, you had to walk things. Uh, right. So, listeners, we have decided that this week, uh, well, mostly I suggested this idea because uh, I am sitting at home with not a lot to do currently. And so uh, whenever they talk about things like, hey, what are we going to talk about this week? I go, uh, dang it. So 
we have investigated a genre of movie this week, and we have all picked one to talk about, at least one. Uh, so this week's installment, brought to you by Aaron's suggestion, uh, <clears throat> the heist movie. Right? So uh, before we go about our picks, um, what do you think about the genre in general? And ha- are you a fan? Were you... Have you had much experience watching these type of movies before? Um, is it something that you like or something that you were not really that familiar with? What are your thoughts on the genre in general? Yeah, so I had to do some thinking about what exactly constituted a heist movie. Um, and just from like my perspective of what is what is a, a, what would categorize it as a stereotypical heist movie. Um, I have not watched I don't know. I, I've watched um, like Ocean's Eleven and kind of that series and yeah. the Italian in the Italian Job, both old and new. Uh-huh. Um, and I feel like that's pretty much the extent of my heist jobby film. Um, <laughs> okay, which don't, but like okay, so maybe like the original Mission Impossible is kind of a heisty film. But, uh, yeah, but 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 I, I basically distilled it down to this. Um, in a heist movie, obviously they have to be they have to be stealing something for someone. But I think what what makes it more than that is there has to be the scene where they're building the team, right? Or they're practicing, like they're running through what they're going to do to pull it off, and then they actually have to do the heist, right? So I think I think a very integral part is the building the team and bringing people in. And working through their each skill set, like every every person's got something that they contribute or they bring to it, um, and and that's kind of how I formulated what a heist movie was. Um, and when I was scrolling through things, tried to without knowing too much about the films, obviously because then I had to watch them. But like, yeah, is this is this going to fit that or or what? Yeah, Aaron, what about you? So, uh, kind of in the same boat with like Colin, um, you know, growing up with a lot of like the heist films that I watched, um, even though like kind of like the earlier Mission Impossibles weren't really heist esque, but there, there was always some sort of goal of like to steal something or find something. And so, a lot of the heist movies that I like first started watching were more kind of like action y and like it, it kind of teetered on that, like you know, full-on action-packed movie instead of like you know the the main thing is to like you know steal something. So for for me looking into this, I kind of wanted something that was you know a good representation of like yes, even though this is um, like a heist movie, you know, it's it's still kind of focused on you know stealing that something or. Um, finding that you know that that one thing in some manner or form um but yeah that, that was kind of like the biggest struggle is finding um for me anyways is just finding that something that's like oh yeah you know this is you know it's a heist movie but it's not like action like 100 percent of the time interesting yeah so <clears throat> when i was looking this up i kind of like i just sort of googled like heist movie you know and uh turns out uh, that I have seen 
Lots of them, right? I didn't really realize it, uh, but what is classified on the internet is a heist movie. I have seen a ton of them, right? I was like, oh, I've seen, I've seen that. Oh, I've seen that one too, right? <clears throat> but like, I kind of agree with what you both have said here so far is that like, there's a difference between like a heist movie and then like a crime drama, right? Because yeah. in like a crime movie, they will steal things. Right. A lot of times they're like, oh, we stole this thing or there's a, you know, <clears throat> there's lots of that kind of stuff in there. They will steal things in a crime drama and there'll be like all this stuff. But like the heist movie, I think I would agree with what Colin said was like, you really need to have that like team aspect. Right. A heist movie has a lot of people working together to accomplish the goal. Yeah. Right. And I feel like that is a pretty important part of the heist movie formula. <clears throat> so if you don't have that like team aspect, what you have is a crime drama, which are good. And I like those movies as well, but they don't feel the same. Right. Because in the heist movie, uh, one other clarification I think is important is like every part of the team has like their own role. Yes. Right. And I feel like that where like every part of the team is like an expert in something is what makes it more heisty because a lot of times in crime dramas, they're going to like, they'll steal something, but they're like rob a bank and it's just like, they all rob the bank. Right. There's not like a specialist role for anybody. And I feel like, if you don't have that it doesn't make it a heist movie you know it doesn't have that same feeling because i i kind of when i how i did this is i just sort of like watched a bunch of these that i already had or like had seen before to kind of get the, the feeling of the genre you know and some of the ones that i watched were like i wasn't really getting the heist vibe like it's like a crime movie and it's kind of this, but then, you know, you have to have that special little sauce on it. And I think a, a big part of that sauce is like Colin was saying was that that teamwork aspect and that everybody needs to contribute something special to the team. Not just like a gang of dudes going and robbing a bank. Right. So that's what I kind of, so that was my general thoughts on the genre, um, along with, whoa, I've seen a lot of these. <laughs> uh, so who wants to go first? Who wants to tell us about their heist movie recommendation? Well, I'll go because my heist movie was not a, a stealing something. It was of incepting something. What? Um, they had to, the, so I watched Inception, um, and yeah, so the plot there was, um, the businessman wants to plant an idea of his competitor to sell his business and to make it feel like it was his, the dad's idea to do that, that he'll go out of business and that his, the other guy's business, blah, blah. And it spirals from there of how them to have how they can do a, an inception on this uh, competitor 
and um, so that's the that's the actual heist, right? The heist is planting this idea or thought in this person's brain, and to do that, they have to go through the the different levels of the subconscious, and but but it has all of these elements, like it has Leonardo DiCaprio's character going and building his team of who's going to be the architect, who's the guy controlling the sleep medication, who's the guy doing um, the, the, you know, <clears throat> this other stuff and who's watching. And then he's actually doing this. He's going to, he's going to pull the heist. Uh, then they've been practicing these things. Um, then when they actually go to pull it off, obviously it doesn't go as planned, which, which I kind of, I kind of like when it obviously, when it doesn't go, exactly what it was supposed to um the only real problem for this one is that it's so dang complicated and hard to follow that the through line gets lost and <laughs> if you've ever seen this movie um i can't even really begin to describe like what happens because they have to go down through different levels of subconscious to try and break down the barriers get to the point where they can plant the idea they have to go like three or four levels down within their subconscious and they have to have these coordinated kicks to bring them out to back consciousness so they can plant the idea. And the main character is also like battling these, uh, his subconscious as his wife keeps coming in to, uh, uh, sabotage things. And it's just, it's all obviously very convoluted. Um, but I do like, again, I think at its essence, it is a heist movie because it has the group, it's got the training, it's got the specialties. Um, and then it's got the mission that they're trying to accomplish. That's very interesting. Uh, I actually did not know that Inception was considered a heist movie. Right? I don't know if it. I have actually. I've never seen it, and I've never. I I didn't know anything about the plot. Hmm. Right. So I never would have guessed that it was heisty in nature. Right. I never would have <laughs> had no idea. <laughs> and I. I didn't really from all the marketing and all the stuff I've seen, like nothing. Like, I <laughs> so yeah, I saw it bubble up on a couple again of these lists um, that were, but not all of them. And and I had I was like, well, that's weird because I didn't think it was. I, I I it's not what I thought it was. I didn't. I don't can't really tell you what I. I remember I thought it would be confusing because that's literally what everybody said. Um, that's true. Yeah, deeper. <laughs> that's the only thing I've heard. Too deeper meanings, but. And they're trying to, they have to sedate the target and then they enter his dreams and they have to ward off all of his subconscious alerts that are trying to throw it off that it is a dream and keep it more like, feel like it's still reality. But they can't bury the, they can't do the inception right at the surface level because it, it'll be too obvious to the, to the target. So they have to keep going down and down and down and down. And each level that they go through is designed by the dream architect to make a whole world that's going to be believable to the target so that he still thinks he's in reality. Um, and that's where Ellen page, Ellen page is the architect that designs each world after certain events and things in this person's life so that it's believable to them. Um, and to make it real. Um, and they do, they do, they do end up a spoiler alert, I guess they do pull it off. Um, and then, uh, and then they, yeah, they get kicked out. They do the kick. It's called kick, where you remove yourself from the subconscious so you can go back into the real world. Um, but at the end, you're still kind of left going, "Well, did they make it out? Are they actually in the real world?" 
is it because you're trying to keep track of okay they went down three oop back up one down one down two back up like and then like it ends you're like oh wait a minute is that actual reality i don't know uh and the i think that's 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 part of the movie too but um yeah so i i I enjoyed it and and specifically watching it as a heist made it very much more enjoyable than just like a a sci-fi thriller or something That's interesting. That's really cool. Uh, I think you brought up something and I meant something I meant to say. I think another important element of the heist movie is something has to go wrong. Mm. And then you kind of have that element of how do the, how do the characters deal with it? You know what I mean? I think that's another kind of ingrained, like that's a very heist movie trope that like makes it go well. Yeah. Because Usually something goes wrong and they deal with it in some way. <clears throat> and that's kind of the, that second to third act kind of like actiony bit of the movie, you know, that <clears throat> makes it interesting. Yeah. So Aaron, what about you? Yeah. Oh, sorry. No, no, you're fine. Go ahead. Yeah. No, Aaron. Uh, uh, so I, I took kind of like a little bit different approach. Um, to this, I, I kind of wanted something that was like, even though like you know, still heisty, but something that was kind of you know a little bit incon- uh, unconventional. And so I chose one of the movies out of the uh, the Lupin the Third series. It's a it's from a Japanese uh, manga series, and there's like like a bunch of movies that I actually didn't really realize. Um, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve-ish um, actual like movies that came out in theaters. Um, the one that I've known or at least heard about the most, and I've, I've seen like a long time ago. Um, it's called uh, Loop in the Third Castle of uh, Cagliestro. Um, apologize, apologies for the the butchering of this. So in in this, you know, there's since there's kind of like an established series, um, I was caught like a little off guard with some of the characters, but there's kind of like a reoccurring cast of characters. There's um, Lupin, who's like the main kind of like thief kind of person. And then he's got his, you know, um, arms expert. And then there's like a samurai guy that hangs out with them. And then throughout all of this, there's a guy, there's an inspector from uh, Interpol. That's always kind of like chasing him. Um, and it's kind of, it, it kind of reminds me of like, cause it's, it's more of a comedy, but there's still some sort of drama to it. And it's got like a little bit, it's, it's got like a bunch of influences and, or um, some stuff that it has influenced over time or that you see things of like, you know, kind of the old 19th, because this, the the animated series, this movie in particular is from 1979, and it's kind of got some of those goofy, uh, you know, animated sequences, or, you know, there's like a weird car chase, or or kind of things like that. And so the plot of this one is, um, they rob a bank, and they find out the money's counterfeit, and so to find out where the counterfeit's coming from, they go to kind of like this um, this country, and the there's a count and he's all like really rich and powerful. And they find like, Oh, he's, he's the person that's counterfeiting this. And so it's kind of like a mixed hybrid of trying to like, um, kidnap the princess for not wanting to marry this count and trying to, you know, have people find out that it's a, uh, 
and that the counterfeit process is here and there's, you know, them getting ready and then them failing. Um, and then, you know, there's a, a quote unquote plot twist and then, um, and kind of all of this stuff that kind of intermingles it. The ending's kind of, kind of weird. Cause like the whole time it's like, Oh, he's going to get with the princess. And then he's like, Oh, I'm the bad guy. You don't want to get with me. And then just like leaves and we're like, uh, what? <laughs> okay. Um, cool. Um, so there, there's a little, little mix of that, um, in between some things. And so that's kind of different. Um, I have not seen any of the other movies in the series, but if you just want something that's kind of enjoyable, that's got that those quirky, um, you know, like early anime um, tropes in it, it, it's it's a really fun movie to watch. Um, apparently, this is not the best heist movie out of the series. There's apparently like one or two more that's actually like them actually like robbing a bank and having to go through the process. This one was just fun. Um, it was also easily acceptable on Netflix. Um, so if you want to check it out, you know, it's, it's just fun. It's only like an hour and 30 minutes, but it's got a lot of, it's got, you know, some interesting, um, I, I don't want to say dialogue because it's that dub series, but it's got some interesting, um, effects, some cool, like intriguing fight scenes that, that aren't like typical, it's a, it, it's it's just a fun movie because it's like oh they're doing this like oh wait he also did this oh my gosh so that's that's where that's where I picked it just because it was uh something that just just a smidge different nice very good yeah uh like I said my approach was kind of like well I'm gonna watch a ton of movies. And kind of see what I distill out of this, you know, and then try to pick one that like really represents the heistiness of the whole movie. Um, and kind of figure out what those tropes are, you know, that that a good movie should have. And then some movies like play with those tropes a little bit, you know, like <clears throat> if you watch something like uh, Reservoir Dogs, right? They famously they don't ever show the actual heist. It's all the planning and then the the aftermath of what happens after after the end like he never shows the heist it's not an important part of that movie because he's playing the you know the things that make a heist movie um and so i was kind of thinking about what does make one i did notice that heist movies tend to go in one of two directions there's kind of like the adventure like more action adventure type of heist movie where it's like there's action sequences and there's like cool stuff and you know it's all like or there's like the serious drama where everything is just like sad right like (laughs) it's like much heavier tone of the movie so you kind of get these two different tones depending on the director you have like the heavy movie that's like really serious and like really foreboding and like and then you have like the slightly more fun action adventure one. <laughs> so depending on your mood, uh, you know, you can pick from one of these two things. So I, I watched, I kind of decided that after all of these movies that I watched, the one that really just kind of takes the heist movie and just presents it to you in all its glory is 2003's the Italian job. Uh, I watched that one again. I like this movie a lot. I haven't seen it. I have seen this movie before, but not for like 
years. Right. I haven't probably watched it for, for forever. <clears throat> and so, um, I did watch the original one too, just to compare it a little bit. That movie's weird. Anyway, uh, the 2003 one though, I thought is really cool because you have the defined team, right? You have the planning guy, you have the explosives guy, the driver guy, the computer guy, the safe cracker person, right? In this movie, it's a lady, but you have the safe cracker lady. So you have all the roles defined. They plan out everything and then like something happens and then they have to like re plan as they go, you know, try to modify their plan. They're trying to do that, all that stuff. So I really like that aspect of the movie. It really showcases the working together part to make it heisty. Um, like we talked about that teamwork aspect is really important in this movie. Like you can't, the, the thing that they're trying to do is they can't, uh, you know, you can't do it with just one person. So you really have to have everybody working together and the plan has to go just exactly a certain way. Um, otherwise it isn't going to work. So that's where the tension in the movie comes from. Is that like, Oh, okay. Here, it has to do this. This is how it has to go. And then kind of the, the part at the end of this movie is where that turn happens is there. They then try to, they're trying to steal all the money. It's gold bars, right? It's the thing um, from the person who knows they're trying to steal it. Like they know they're trying to steal it and they have to like outwit them to steal the money back. So it's this whole thing of this kind of like cat and mouse. So like, Oh, well I know you're going to do this. So I'm going to put in this countermeasure and then the team has to like go back and like redo the thing. Right. It's very, <clears throat> it's very kind of, that's where that tension and the excitement comes from the movie. And I really think it just really shows it has all the elements of a good heist movie. Now is all the dialogue in this movie. Wonderful. Not all of it, but they do have a lot of good moments where the characters interact with each other and you can tell that they work together a lot and you have this really interesting dynamic happening. So it makes it kind of like a fun and it falls more on the fun action movie side. Cause you do have the iconic sweet, uh, mini Cooper getaway car scene stuff happening. You know, <clears throat> that's, that's very fun. Everyone loves everyone loves that Mini Cooper driving sequence, right? <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> so that was my highest movie that we picked. And side note, I watched it with Susan, and she also liked the Italian job. So it's Susan approved as well. If that's <laughs> <laughs> Which, as we know, is very important for movie choices. <laughs> <laughs> So after your thoughts, any different thoughts on the genre as a whole, if you had not like experienced enough, what do you think now, Colin, after watching uh, that heist movie kind of, do you like the genre? Do you kind of like those tropes? Are they, do they make a good movie? Do you think, are they interesting? Aaron, same question since Colin is gone. Oh, sorry. No, I'm here. Um, I'm here. Uh, okay. Aaron, 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 you can answer. I forgot that I was moving. I, I, I think, I think for me, like, you know, it's, what's the word? I, th I think it's like, 
a lot of it's part of the thrill of of like what you're getting yourself into of like yes even though like you know that they're trying to steal something it's like everything in between it's like oh well you know this, this may not work and um you know it's 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 a smidge actiony it's got you know to me anyways like it's got a lot of you know interweaving parts cuz you know trying to plan something is not is not easy by any means but having having both of those um you know those aspects of like oh it, it's complicated convoluted and like oh there's a twist um having having all of those in some form or function um i i think is is kind of brilliant so that those are those are one of the things that for me that i truly enjoy about um heist movies even though like it's it's something that i traditionally don't like oh oh man this heist movie is coming out in theaters i'm gonna go watch it it's more of like oh this is on let's let's watch this oh this is actually really good so that's interesting because I don't think a lot of movies are actually advertised as heist movies. Heist movies. Right? Yeah, because it's it falls in it falls in either the genres like oh this is an action pack or yeah um, or or to follow kind of the you know the the memes that that come out recently of you know the uh, 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 Fast and the Furious like oh this is for family for family uh, I, yeah I actually I was looking at that and I realized that whoa the Fast and Furious are half of them are heist movies who knew. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's and a side that's conversation have later. I would have but, ended this podcast I, earlier if you, either of you had watched Fast and Furious movies for this. I have, I have a new. Well, we can talk about that later. We'll, we'll, I'll table that one because I don't want to derail this. But uh, <laughs> I have a thought about those. But yeah, I, I agree. Like that, it does have that excitement. But I think it's weird that it's not like a. It is definitely its own genre, and it has its own genre tropes and its own kind of style of movie. And a lot of movies are not advertised as heist movies, right? Like I don't know about them as heist movies because they are just like, oh, the action-packed adventure ride. And it's just because I was looking at that list, and there's some movies that have come out in the last five years, and I didn't know that they qualified as heist movies based on <laughs> the trailers that I'd seen and stuff. But when I kind of read the synopsis, I was like. Uh, yeah, that's a heist movie. I think they get lumped in as just like action or crime movies. Yeah. And there's not like a, there's not like a, you know, they're not advertised as like, this is a heist movie. And I don't know if that's, people don't care about heist movies. I think it's not a genre that's distinction without a different, um, that's, that's possible. Given, given just, well, aren't they just stealing something? Right. That's just crime. Or that's a that's a it's an action movie because it is an action movie, yeah. But but I think I think like you, I I really enjoyed this um, and some of the movies that I had seen too of like like oh like Ocean's Eleven is obviously one of my all time favorite movies across every genre, um, and I think it's because it it has all of these little components in it that I think only really heist movies tend to have, um, and of those components of having a team working together. And we've hit that on the nail a lot, but I think that's just really, really critical to, well, you get those cool character dynamics and especially in the oceans series, they really highlight the the character interplay with each other. I just, and I think that's what makes it interesting. Yeah. And it makes for good stories and it makes for good drama, making them work together and relying on each other. Um, yeah. That's how you end up rooting for them, even though they're like, 
committing a crime, yeah. you, the audience is like, yeah, get them. Right. Like <laughs> you're like, wait, I shouldn't be, but I am. Cause they're so likable. Right. And I want them to succeed. Cause I've seen this whole thing and I see how they interact with everybody and I know their motivation, all that stuff. And you get that through their interaction and dialogue and stuff. Yeah. I think what turned me off for Inception was it obviously very convoluted. So the heistiness kind of loses it, uh, loses the thread while they're jumping between dream worlds and, and uh, consciousness. Mm. Yeah. So it gets a little, it gets a little dense and it takes itself like really seriously. Uh, so it's like, okay, uh, we all know this is real, right? <laughs> uh, so I think I think a more lighthearted, uh, I think I'm probably more in line with the more lighthearted one. But, you know, I, again, it's not a bad movie. It's, it's, it was good. Uh, it took him 10 years to make. So there's a lot yeah, involved in that. But um, yeah, no, I, I, I definitely appreciate the genre uh, very much. And uh, I'm looking forward to finding more I think more maybe kind of like Inception, you know, that's what I tried to do is find one that wasn't quite on the nose of like, this is definitional yeah. to this. Cause I kind of like to see how these, they, those themes and these, these, these components that we've talked about kind of get played with or uh, drawn out or uh, whatever in the movie itself to try and say like, Oh, well this movie isn't, Oh, this movie is actually a heist movie, but you wouldn't know unless you're thinking about it as a heist movie yeah that's fair i picked the one i did because i was trying to find the one that was like a genre defining like right. what is what if you boil it all down yeah yeah what do you get sure. but i think that is good too that's what i it would be a good thing to explore later is like okay now i know these things mm. what else can qualify is this and it's a pretty you know it's been around as a genre for quite a long time you know yeah. It's an old shot. Now, I was surprised that Aaron said he found a Japanese movie um, because uh, the only heist movies I could find, they're either English or American. All of them. So I don't know if that's I don't know if that's true. <clears throat> International friends, you can let us know. Uh, are there good heist movies from other countries? But I, it felt like all the lists I could find, I even tried to look for like international directors and stuff. I got nothing, right? English, American. That was it. <laughs> so I don't know. Well, in Castle of uh, Cagliostro is a Miyazaki movie, isn't it? Ooh, that I. Hold on here. I got to look up. Got to look up who directed it. Hold on. Yeah, well, I think it had like oh, I had ninety five percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, uh, director Io Miyazaki. Yeah. Yep. Oh, so that may be why he pulls some of those themes too. Um, he does like to experiment with these things. Yeah. Yeah. But I know, like in Japanese, in, in that that media, movies and anime, like the right. the crime movie is big. You know, that's a genre thing. But like, I've never seen, I couldn't find any like heisty ones. So I think it's very interesting that it's, it's now again, did it do tons of research? Not, I wouldn't call my research exhaustive, but like, <laughs> I couldn't find any list of like top five best German heist movies, right? That wasn't a thing. <clears throat> so uh, it's interesting 
that that's all I could find. But again, that's all I found. So international audience, help us out here. Give us your recommendations. If you or country has a exciting heist movie that we need to know about. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And as I, you know, we, we are at some point, we're going to need to circle back around and go through some of these genres again. Um, to do some true. Up with them. That's true. But we should probably do more than just one genre at a time. So yes. again, there is a list you can look at. Uh, we can come up with another one of these for some other time. Cause I liked it. I thought it was fun to kind of just pick a genre of movie. I like that. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, we'll have to. Especially, I'm um, the standard one, you know? Yeah. Not just like action movie. Yeah. Because, you know. So I think that was a good, good choice, Aaron. Thank you. <laughs> I'll try. Very good. Well, well, uh, have a good rest of your week. You guys as well. All right, yeah, you too. A new, new topic, new challenge, or just general commentary on the world around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Love you guys. Love you too. Love you too. Bye. Bye. Bye.